What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Black and Cold, a true crime podcast. I am Nichelle, your host, and I am back this week with another episode for you guys. The case in today's episode, I actually ran across it on YouTube a few months back, and it is pretty bizarre. So clearly because of the content I search, suggestions pop up, and you guys are probably familiar with this already, but if you're looking at YouTube on the internet and you're watching a video, there's always similar videos on the side of your screen, right? Which are kind of like suggestions based on your viewing. And this case came across that way for me. And when I clicked it, I had never heard of it before. And I was interested in learning and researching more because given its circumstances, it raises, you know, questions, which could be seen as controversial. And I know my platform is still small at this moment, but I definitely feel like it just deserves more coverage. And a lot of the times that is exactly what these cases need. This story comes out of the state of Washington, and this is the mysterious death of Ben Kada. Cicada was born and raised in the Seattle, Washington area. Over 20 years ago, his parents, Ibrahima and Asada Keda, immigrated to the United States from West Africa, where they eventually settled in the neighborhood Lake Stevens. And needless to say, they were excited about this relocation and having the opportunity to be able to put their children in good schools. Ben was the second-born child of his siblings, and they were raised under the faith of Islam. He was described by his loved ones as being happy, respectful, kind, and generous. So typically an introvert, Ben was pretty reserved and enjoyed hanging out in his room alone, playing video games or maybe reading, specifically science fiction, which he enjoyed as well. But although this may have been the case about Ben, his mom Asada says he always looked after his younger siblings and he was protective over his family. Ben was a solid student who received good grades and he excelled in subjects like science and math. In the fall of 2016, which was his last year before his high school graduation, Ben was actually taking a few courses at Everett Community College. He was a part of a program called Running Start with the Lake Stevens School District, where he was already on the road to graduating with college credits under his belt. Ben knew exactly what career path he wanted to pursue, and according to the Daily Herald, his family told them that he was diagnosed with sickle cell anemia. And ever since his diagnosis, he was inspired by people who worked in the medical field. So Ben wanted to go to medical school to eventually become a doctor and maybe even a medical examiner in the long run, his father told CNN. In between finishing school, taking college courses, and being with his family, at 18 years old, Ben also worked part-time at a local McDonald's. 
On Saturday, November 26, 2016, which was the weekend after Thanksgiving of that year, Ben left his home in the early morning sometime between 1 and 8 a.m. Now, I haven't been able to find any information specifically about where he may have been going that day and for what, but later on, he was reported missing by his family when he never came home. According to his mother, Ben left behind his phone and wallet. Also, his car still remained at their house. The Cadas had no idea what happened to their son, which the Snohomish County Sheriff's Office then began an investigation into his disappearance. So this is where the case seems to not really have much information out there. But when the investigation began, detectives spoke with Ben's family, neighbors, and some co-workers to try to get an idea of where he could be, as well as to rule people out, I would assume. The Everett Herald reported that law enforcement collected surveillance footage in addition to checking jails and hospitals for Ben. They also checked his phone that was left behind, but it was completely wiped. Nothing was on it, which is definitely odd and could be a factor in this case. However, detectives were able to recover his text and call history through Ben's phone provider. According to the sources that I used, authorities and experienced searchers with the Snohomish County Volunteer Search and Rescue all looked for Ben days after he went missing. They looked through various wooded locations on November 30th and December 1st, but they were unsuccessful with finding him or anything that could lead to him. Because he didn't have his phone on him, this made it more difficult for law enforcement to really narrow down a location where Ben could have been. And because of this, the searches for him were said to have been done across a wide range of area. Helicopters and cadaver dogs were also included in these searches. Meanwhile, Ben's family was very concerned for him at this point, especially during this time as it was freezing around this area. And because Ben did have sickle cell anemia, his family worried that the weather could possibly trigger some type of problems for him. They didn't know if he was in danger, if he had shelter, food, or anything. All the Cadas knew from their end was that Ben did not come home one day and it seemed random to them, like there was no explanation and it wasn't like him to do that. During the investigation, it was discovered that Ben had missed class for about three weeks leading up to his disappearance. So sometime in the beginning of November, ideally. And his parents had absolutely no idea about this. Now, I haven't been able to confirm if this was for his high school or college courses or both that he wasn't showing up for, but this sparked many questions for investigators as well as his family. According to the Seattle Weekly, Ben's parents couldn't even get access to his college records to see how his grades were going or maybe his past pass attendance, and this is because he was technically an adult. So the only thing they did have was proof that he registered in October under the Running Start program, but nothing else. It was also learned that Ben failed to show up to work on November 25th and the 26th, also the day that he went missing. He didn't have an online presence, according to detectives, so this made their investigation even harder, and this was typically unusual in a missing person's case. 
On Monday, January 9th, 2017, just over a month after Ben vanished, a passerby going through the wooded area on the 600 block of 89th Avenue Southeast was shocked when they discovered the body of a young black male hanging from a rope tied to a tree branch. It was later confirmed to be the body of 18-year-old Ben Kata. With the hopes that their son was still alive after not seeing him for about six weeks, the Kata's were devastated, and how their son died is what sparked even more devastation and concern. Ben died as a result of asphyxiation due to hanging, which his death was quickly ruled as a suicide. According to his father, Ben had no history of depression, anxiety, or any other mental illness, and this did not sit well with him or Asada, especially given how fast the determination was made. But they made sure they pushed for the investigation to be looked into further. According to the medical examiner's report, other than an abrasion to his left thumb, Ben had no other significant injuries present. There were ice crystals found in his heart's blood, and the Emmys report says it is very possible that Ben was semi-frozen for a number of weeks before he was discovered. Ben's toxicology report confirmed that there were no drugs or alcohol in his system. Now, a few weeks went by from when Ben was discovered, and the medical examiner actually changed his cause of death to undetermined from the previous suicide ruling, which the manner of the death stayed the same, basically meaning the ME could not determine that Ben took his own life from their findings. We know this young man died by hanging, but it couldn't be proven how. So undetermined doesn't take away a suicide possibility. However, it does not eliminate that something sinister could have happened to Ben either. Now, the ME basically says there were two reasons to consider which played a factor for this change. For one, the rope that Ben's body was found hanging with was tied to an unusual height of 50 feet. I should also mention that his feet were only about two and a half feet off the ground. So clearly I don't want you guys to visualize this, but if you can kind of see what I'm saying here, this has to be a pretty long rope. Next, the location where Ben was found was also previously searched. He was found in a wooded location not too far from where he lived, which leaves the question, how was he missed by the many people that participated in his search, but later found by a passerby? Ben Cato was an 18-year-old Black Muslim male. How he died prompted many red flags for people, and although he never gave his parents any indication that he was targeted by anyone with anti-Islamic comments or bullied in school per se, in a country where we've seen Islam be looked down on by many, on top of being Black, to find his body hanging from a tree branch was very unsettling to say the least. News about Ben's death as well as the changes in the cause of it began to circulate locally in Washington, and the Cadiz then looked to the Washington chapter of the Council on American Islamic Relations, also known as CARE, to help push their son's case further. And CARE then did just that. 
they began pushing Ben's case, which started to receive some national media coverage. And many people, when they heard of it, were outraged and had questions as his death could be seen as reminiscent to a lynching. On February 27th, CARE Washington, including other advocates, requested that the FBI investigate the death of Ben Cada. At a news conference led by the organization the following day, a Christian minister also spoke out, Reverend Kel Brown, and they said, quote, Today we are careful not to rush to judgment. However, we are also careful to acknowledge that in this atmosphere of fear and uncertainty, where one must still declare Black Lives Matter, and where Islamophobia is alive and well, there must be a thorough investigation into the death of this young man, end quote. Now, though the Lake Stevens police have said there hasn't been any indication of a criminal act, the FBI have worked with them internally to help find answers in this case. The FBI has also stated that they would conduct a review on Ben's death. And per the Seattle office, a review does not necessarily mean an investigation will be opened. And that's all that is pretty much known at this point about this case. As mentioned, the death of Ben Kada started to get the attention of some people at this point. And days after that news conference was held, students from the University of Washington's Black Student Union and Somali Student Association came together to hold a vigil for Ben so that people can recognize his death. The executive director from CARE Washington, Arsalan Bukhari, who has also been a big voice in this case and for the Kadas, also attended this vigil held by students, and he specifically shared a message to the people of the Muslim community saying that their rights should be defended and they should be treated as equal. Bukhari does stress in many of his interviews that CARE is not trying to jump to the judgment of lynching or say something happened that really didn't, but their goal is to really just have a fair investigation because Ben Kada was somebody. He was somebody that was loved. Nine House Democrats from Snohomish County have also declared a statement in support of the Cada family, urging anyone to come forward if they know anything in regards to their son's death. Ben's case is extremely tragic, with him missing classes at school, not showing up for work for a couple of days, and leaving his personal items at home, which his cell phone was found completely wiped, it makes you wonder that something may have been going on with him leading up to his death, and his parents just didn't know about it. I can see how these behaviors may have led someone to think he could have killed himself, but if you take a look at many of the factors in this case, Suicide can look unlikely as well, and it's a possibility that Ben was afraid of something that maybe he was protecting his family from. He disappeared around one month after he registered for college courses. He wasn't that far into the woods, according to what reports are saying, and members from CARE Washington, like where he was found is said to be a residential area. So he wasn't that deep into the trees and or anything like that. Ben was also less than a yard off the ground, so I would think he would have been noticed. 
especially if these areas were previously searched with cadaver dogs and helicopters, which investigators have said. So I personally am curious to how he was not seen unless Ben was killed beforehand and his body was put there later on. I actually read in a letter from Muslim advocates to the attorney general that a flashlight was found near Ben at the scene, and there hasn't been any evidence to suggest he purchased the rope himself, so I do hope that some type of answers can come out from that, maybe with some DNA if it hasn't already been tested at this point, which it's been years now, so it should have been. It would require a lot of work to go up 50 feet on a tree, which the medical examiner also found, quote, unusual as far as suicide. And it was cold during this time. So if you put all of that stuff together, those would be a few reasons for me why this is such a bizarre case that might sway someone away from the suicide theory. And this is just another episode where the cause of death seems rushed in a sense, right? And then we can't leave this out. We have to also look at the history in this country on top of the rise of hate crimes we've seen recently. It is possible that this was a lynching or a hate crime in regards to race or either religion as Ben was both black and Muslim. Just as an outsider looking in and as a black woman, it is a thought that comes to your mind. And if this was the case, I only could speculate it was done by more than one person because, again, how he was found would have required a lot of work for someone to do. It is not impossible, but just a thought. Whatever lens you are personally looking at this case from, Ben didn't deserve to lose his life this way. He had so much to still experience in life. He was a baby. He was only 18 and already excelling. It's a shame he couldn't pursue the career goals he had planned, and his family are just looking for answers. And I hope this investigation is really being looked into more and can eventually be solved.